Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Bob Bird. Did I say it right, Bob? Hey, Corey, you sure did. All right. I am so, so excited to have you on the podcast today. This is the first time that we have live streamed the podcast from Clubhouse. So, Bob, I have been a massive, massive fan of yours uh, for several, several years now. Uh, A good friend of mine, Brad, gave me your book. And he said, you've got to go read this. It's right up your alley. And, um, and, and so I did that very, actually, I got the audiobook, And then I got the go-giver, the, the go-giver for sellers. And then I got, I can't remember the third and fourth one, but I have all four of them. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, Bob, I would love for you just to quickly tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And let's just dive right in, man. Uh, really began years and years ago as a broadcaster, first in radio and then in television. Worked for a, a very small uh, ABC affiliate in the Midwest. I, I eventually was the late night news guy, but I really wasn't very good. <laughs> and it wasn't long before I graduated into sales. Uh, and I say graduated into sales because to me, that was a real step up. Um, I love the idea of it. There was something about it that just I, I really... I just enjoyed, and yet I was not very successful for, for the first few months. And the reason was, was because I had no prior sales training, no formal sales training. And the company where I was working, we'll just say that their sales training program was negligible at best. And in other words, it was non-existent. And uh, I, you know, what did I know? I thought sales was about just going out there, knocking on doors, making a lot of calls and just blah, 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 telling people about your product or service. Uh, I, I had what, what Jim Rohn would have described as the motivation, but not the information. 
In other words, I was really working hard and had no idea what I was working hard at. And so uh, I floundered for a few months. And uh, fortunately, I made my way into a, a bookstore and was just looking for something that would help. I didn't really know what when I came across two books on sales. Now, this that doesn't sound like any big deal, but 40 years ago when this occurred, uh, it, books on sales just weren't as prevalent as they are now, okay? So, I, I mean, I, had, I really had no idea that was even a thing. And so the, the titles of the books were, uh, you know, to me, just fascinating because it's what? There's a, a methodology here. There's a way to actually do this. Uh, and one book was by, by Zig Ziglar. The other was by Tom Hopkins, of course, two of the uh, legendary icons. Uh, I know those words aren't necessary to put together because if they're legendary, they're iconic. And if they're iconic, they're legendary. But nonetheless, that's how much respect I have for the both of them. <laughs> they're legendary icons. And, you know, I, I got their books, Corey, and I like to say I, I didn't read them. I devoured them. So I would come home after, after the workday and I would just sit there, books open, pen and highlighter uh, in hand, and I would take notes and, and highlight and dog ear pages and put sticky notes on pages and, and uh, uh Actually, I don't even remember if I put sticky notes on pages. Uh, that might be an anachronism. Were there even sticky notes back then 40 years ago? I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I'm only 42, so. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. You're a young and I'm 63. So it's, you know, uh, but yeah. And, and I mean, I would practice and I would drill and I'd rehearse. Well, three weeks later, my sales are going through the roof. And there was really no big difference in me other than that I now had a way of doing something. I discovered a, a system, if you will. And to this day, I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Uh, the key being predictability. If it's been discovered that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A. And eventually you're going to get the desired result of B. And this was very special to me to realize it because I, I, I knew I was not the kind of guy who could invent a system. That's not me, but I can tap into a system. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I, I apply it. And then I, yeah, and then apply it for, you know, for, for my success and then kind of gear it more toward you know, my personal style and, and, and take some other things from different areas and kind of piece things together and, and develop a new one out of that. But I'm not the guy who's going who's gonna to invent the wheel, but I'll, I'll tap into the wheel that's already been invented and I'll make adjustments. Absolutely. And yeah, so my, and then I, I also realized that, that part of sales was personal development. So I started getting all the, the classics that were recommended uh, starting with with how to win friends and influence people, the richest man in Babylon, uh, uh, you know, think and grow rich as a man thinketh, and there were great books by Og Mandino, such as the greatest salesman in the world, and Psycho Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, and I just started getting it. I, I began building a library, really, of knowledge of wisdom. Uh, other people's knowledge, other people's wisdom, which I could then turn into my own through the application of such. 
and eventually worked my way up to sales manager of a company, began teaching others how to do what was working for me. And uh, then as they said, I think, as I said on the Seinfeld show, yada, 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 30 years later, here I am with you. <laughs> Beautiful. So, Bob, I, I got to <laughs> tell you, um, there's a, there's actually a gentleman listening in our audience, our clubhouse audience by the name of Rocco. And he's, uh, you know, I had did a whole podcast uh, and we talked about, I mean, that was our common, well, actually, we had one other common bond. We, we're both in the RK syndicate, but the other common bond was that we love your books. Oh, and, and you. you know, you're welcome. And so, you know, I, I haven't met a ton of people that have ever discovered your books, um, although I also haven't asked a ton of people either. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I've, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've listened to... You know, I've probably listened to your books th- three times minimum each, uh, just because I, I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to make sure that I absorbed everything in it. And not to mention, you're just a fabulous storyteller. I mean, you, the, the it's Pendergrass, right? Did I say that? Did I say it right? Pendergrass? What's that? Pendergrass? Isn't that uh, the guy's name? Uh, Pendergrass? Uh, in the one of the books, maybe I maybe oh, I'm Pindar, gonna... Pindar, 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 Pindar. Yeah. No, 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 ass, yeah. <laughs> no ass on it, <laughs> <laughs> or grass, yeah, or, or whatever, or, or, or grass, yeah. So, yeah, Pindar, that was such a great story, and you know, it really just I don't know, it just drew me in. So, I, I'm just a massive, massive fan. Well, so I got to tell you, though, Corey, that for the storytelling part, you know, I can't really take credit for that at all. That's that's my my co-author, John David Mann. I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. John is the writer. I mean, he is a just a magnificent writer and storyteller. I can tell a story from stage when it's something that's happened and you put it together and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he's a guy who can who can take, you know, a sentence and turn it into something magical, whereas I'm just, you know, Step one, step two, step. I'm boring. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that you bring <laughs> that you bring sales into this conversation because, well, that's what uh, I mean. That's what I do as I coach and consult folks on sales, and so mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I really realized that was how your story started. And so I think it's super interesting that we're sitting here now, and you're one of my favorite authors, and we're talking about you know, we're talking about sales. So Bob, let me just ask you, you know, I guess you've, you, you, uh, obviously you've traveled the whole world uh, around these books. So I guess give us a little bit of an idea, give the audience a little bit of an idea of, you know, what is it like to write and in, in write books like you've written and made such a change in people's lives. I mean, do you really, can you even take a, a gander to how many lives you've changed through these books? Well, you know, I, I don't think it's something that I, I necessarily think about and am aware of until I hear somebody tell me. And then it's about the nicest compliment I could ever hear. Because I, I think as human beings, we're, we're designed to want to make a difference and feel as though we brought some value um, to the world that, that extends past ourselves. And so when I hear someone say that, um, I mean, I always just, I, I, I take it as the greatest compliment and I'm totally honored to, to hear it. And it's nothing I ever, ever take for granted.
This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, well, I it, that but you're a humble you're a humble guy, which I it doesn't shock me at all. So I, I do have to ask you, you know, the story um, of Pindar is it, where did where was was that you? Did that happen to you, or tell well, me about that? Well, I you know basically the the characters, you know, Joe was named because he was the average Joe or Josephine. You know, anybody we're all Joe or Josephine at some point in our life. In fact, we're probably Joe and Josephine now in a certain area if we're growing, you know, because we're always trying to grow. So we start out, but, but Joe was the kind of guy, and I certainly was Joe early in my sales career who didn't know that he was kind of doing it wrong. Okay. Cause remember Joe was, he was young, he was ambitious, he was hardworking, you know, he was out there, he was going after it but his focus was just not in the right place. It was really all about him. And, you know, as I started to do well in sales, okay, I got to a certain point of success through the how-to aspect and through just knowing how to sell. But I, I was not after a while, and especially when I went to a new company, another company that had a, a, a high, um, uh, it was a high ticket item, and I was in a slump and um, couldn't seem to get out of it. And of course, the bigger the slump I was in, the more my focus was on myself, not on my customers where it should have been. And I was a lot like Joe. So, so one, time, one day I, I came back to the office after a, a non-selling appointment. Uh, it was not non-selling by design. It was supposed to be a selling appointment. <laughs> But because of, my own, yeah, because of my own ineptness, the sale didn't happen. And of course, uh, the prospect who really should have, have bought had I done my job right, he lost out on the benefits of the product or service. I lost out on a very healthy commission. And my company that I was working for lost out on a, a, you know, a sale and, and profit themselves. So instead of it being a win-win-win, it was a lose-lose-lose. And I was the procuring cause of that lose, lose, lose. And I, I came back to the office and I remember just, uh, you know, sitting in the salesperson's lounge and I was a little, not little, I was very disgusted with myself. And there was an older guy at the company. I didn't know him very well. Uh, and the funny thing is I say, you know, uh, you know, a much older guy, well, I'm sure that's my, he was my age now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. an old man, right? You know, no. so, but, but um, so I think he saw me as as Joe, you know, in the story that I would then co-author whatever it was 20 years after that or 25, whatever it was. And um, and and he said to me, he said, Berg, he was a, a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, can I give you some advice? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Please do. I, I need it. And he said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money and you can do with that money, whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't 
the target itself. Your target is serving others. Well, this was an epiphany for me because it really, you know, it was the first time I realized that great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Uh, great salesmanship is never about the product or the service as important as, as those are. Great salesmanship is about the other person. It's about adding immense value to the lives of those you touch. It's about that other person's life being better just by virtue of you being part of it. And I came to realize that when we can approach selling that way, we're actually nine steps ahead of the game in a, a 10 step game. Now, the, you know, the, the premise of the go-giver basically is nothing more than understanding that shifting your focus, that's where it starts, shifting your focus uh, from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some... Uh, you know, woo-woo, way out there, magical, mystical reasons. Not at all. It makes very rational sense. When you're that person who can take your focus off yourself and place it on others, on making their lives better, right? On helping solve their challenges, on helping bring them closer to happiness, okay? That's right, yeah. They feel good about you. They That's want right. to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in a relationship with you. They want to buy from you if, if they need what you offer, but they definitely want to tell others about you. They want to be your personal walking ambassador. So when you create these kinds of relationships, you're really creating that what we call benevolent context for your success. That's right. Because at the end of the day, people buy for their reasons, not yours, yeah. right? You know, uh, Corey, that's so true. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken at a, at a sales conference, right? In front of thousands of salespeople. And I've started by saying, well, I'd say, you know, let me ask if you agree with the following statement. <laughs> how many of you agree that nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet? And we all laugh because we know that's absolutely true, right? Nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not gonna buy from you because you need the money and they're not even gonna buy from you because you're a really, really nice person. They're gonna buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So you bring up a, a great point. You know, I it was interesting. I shifted my perspective on selling when I realized uh, it was a few years ago and, and it was, and, and Think and Grow Rich, well, Tony Robbins was, was my first introduction to personal development. And then Think and Grow Rich followed shortly after that. And, and I didn't realize, I just didn't realize as a salesperson that I was showing up as the guy I didn't want to show up as. I showed up as the guy that, that just wanted the money. Right? I just wanted the commission and I took a job or I started the business because I wanted to make the money. But at the end of the day, that didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it just didn't work. Um, so, so for me, this is, this, this rings very, very true in my world. Um, if, as long as I'm serving 
the person, if I'm consulting with a business or I'm coaching a, a customer or a client, my goal is to get them to the finish line. My goal is to get them the result that we agreed upon. And, and, and that result doesn't really matter how much money they're paying me. Now, I will say that when people don't pay for things, uh, let's just say consulting, right? They, they, if people don't pay for it, they don't use it. Oh, it tends to be the case, right? It's, you know, kind of human, human nature. But, Absolutely. You know, I, you know, there, there are times people say, so, you know, Berg, this go-giver stuff, are you saying money's, you know, not important? Of course it's important. And, and there's nothing wrong with making money, a lot of money. And Pindar said that right in the, right in the, in the book. Okay. Right. So this is not something where we're saying, no, it's not, no, not at all. We're just saying that nobody's going to buy from me because you want to make a lot of money. So what you're going to do if, if, you know, if you're, if you're doing it correctly is you're going to place your focus on that other person and understand that money is simply an echo of value. You know, right. the, you're going to be paid based on the value that you bring to another human being and, and embracing the value, by the way, so that you do charge what you should be charging. That's right. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, that's why Pindar said to Joe, you know, asking, will it make money? Isn't a bad question. It's a great question. It's just a bad first question. The first question is, does it serve? Will it bring immense value to another human being to the marketplace? Um, you know, because it, if it doesn't, then there's, there's going to be no money to be made by the same right. token, uh, you know, it can bring wonderful value. You can have a huge market for it, but if it doesn't make money, well, you've got yourself a hobby. And while hobbies are, are good, I suggest everyone have one, but you know, that's, that's not, you don't make a living off of a hobby. That's uh, right. You know, and so, so it's both, both are important, but it's where the focus is. It's where the focus is. And, and that focus has got to be on bringing immense value to others. Then the money follows that value. That's right. Have you ever heard anybody refer to uh, the, the, the salesperson that, that does show up only for the money as having commission breath? Oh, sure. Absolutely. That was back 40 years ago when I first started. Yeah. All these things are, yeah. You know? that, it's so funny because I had never heard anybody say it in, in that, uh, I'd never heard that, that phrase commission breath until <laughs> just probably a couple of months ago. And I oh, thought, that's wow, that's funny. right in that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I've been in sales for 25 years. Yeah. You know, maybe it was been, one of those things that back in the old days when I was starting out, that was big. And then it kind of went away for a while. And now it's just coming back like an oldie, but goodie. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one other question that I did want to ask you uh, before we, because uh, we, we've got a few more minutes here. Uh, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like do you feel like salespeople fail? Why do you why do you believe salespeople fail? Well, I think the biggest reason kind of goes back to they they forget why people buy. Yeah. So and that you've got to make it so that this person understands you've got to be able to communicate value, understanding something though. And I think this is key because you know, value can be defined as the it's price and there's value, right? Price is a dollar figure, it's finite, it is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing? 
uh, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly exchange their money for this value and be glad they did while you make a healthy profit. But here's what we got to understand. Value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is valuable about this or what we think they should think is valuable about this. It's what they think is valuable about this. And the challenge is that sounds easy enough to do, but then we've got to understand that as human beings, we all operate from our own personal belief system, a set of mm. subjective truths, not the truths, subjective truths, okay? Our truths, not necessarily the truth. And we, you know, we grow up with this, whether it's, you know, a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, tell, you know, everything that comes into our lives. But we, most people go through their entire lives um, based on an, what I call an unconscious operating system where they believe they're acting out of conscious choice and free will, but really acting within a, a, a matrix that they had nothing to do with constructing, okay? Right. But here's the other thing, here's the rub. Not only do we live our lives this way, and not only does that other person live their life that way, but as human beings, we tend to believe that other people see the world basically the same way we see it, which is intuitively makes sense. How else could it, how could it be anything else? So that's why you hear people say things, oh, nobody would like that, or oh, everyone loves that or I would never speak to somebody that way. Well, no, all these things are individual and personal, and it's not what everybody else thinks, feels, sees, does, believes. And so that's why you have a salesperson saying something like, oh, what I love most about this is blah, 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 who cares? Right. <laughs> That's Our job right. is to find out what the other per right and 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 you know and and it goes of course deeper than that because depending upon what we're selling we've got to be able to not only discover what they need want or de and desire but we've got to kind of read between the lines and and see those things that they don't even know that they need or that they don't know is an issue so that we can bring insight to the situation so that they now know that there's something even more that they could you know, and so forth so so it but it start but that it goes back to that biggest mistake being thinking that you know not not realizing that it's all about the customer it, you know we, we logically know it but right. emotionally that's not how a lot of sales salespeople act that's right. It's, it's kind of like if you were to be working at a car dealership and a, and a lady pulls up in a minivan and you try to sell her a Corvette, right? It's it, it, She pulled up in a minivan. So you may love the Corvette, but the woman doesn't need a Corvette. She needs another minivan, right? Well, yeah, and especially so, if she says, I'm looking for another minivan. <laughs> Right. So it's just it's That's a clue. It really, that is a clue right is. there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so it comes. <laughs> I think it comes down just to asking good questions, right? Sales comes yeah. down to asking good questions, and yeah. one more piece: listening. listening. <laughs> You've got to listen, right? Yeah. You, yeah. If I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next, and I'm not listening to the customer or the client, well, how do you think that makes them feel? All right, exactly. Plus, we don't really learn what we need to learn. Because remember, when we're surface listening, 
um, we're really listening through our own eyes and our own ears, and we're understanding what we want to understand, again, based on our own belief systems. Right. So when we really listen and, and we listen with our entire being, <laughs> right, and we ask clarifying questions to make sure that what they meant is what we understood. Right. Right. That's and we right. go deeper and deeper into it. Now that's a different type of listening that not only shows them that we really do care, but it helps us to actually understand what this person really is looking to accomplish. That's exactly right. Um, Bob, listen, I, first off, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast today and doing this interview. I'm, like I said before, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, my, I'm just so grateful to have you on the podcast and if you could, Bob, uh, would you like to leave the listeners uh, with just a, a piece of advice? Maybe if they're in sales, they're listening to this, or maybe they're selfish and they're in sales. Uh, I guess the best piece of advice would be go read your book. That'd be the first one, right? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's lots of great books out there, really, that, that um, you know, are, are just so fantastic. So, I, you know, I... I wouldn't limit it to one book. I'd say go out there, you know, if you're just starting and even if you're not, just start building a library of knowledge and wisdom, you know, get those books that uh, have been proven, you know, from how to win friends and influence people, you know, all the way through uh, uh, Anthony Narino's and Jeb Blount's books and Grant Cardone's books and get Zig Ziglar's books and, you know, and, and you're going to find things in all of them that are going to really help you to put, you know, to put things together. You know, there's one book that you didn't mention that I was hoping you were going to mention in that list, and it's it's a it's David Sandler. Oh, that was a great book, right? I mean, yeah. that's so I I do all my coaching and consulting literally mm -hmm. through the Sandler sales model. Sandler has a, a great model, and you know, you any any of their coaches are so knowledgeable. And, you know, they really care about the people they work with. And I can't tell you how many people I've, I've met through the years who told me that the Sandler sales system has just been a magnificent addition to their business and has helped them so much. So much. It's, uh, you know, because if you work, if you work the Sandler sales process, mm -hmm. you'll get the end result. And, yeah. and look, the end result may be a no, but you're going to, but you'll, but you'll get yeah. one, one way or the other, you'll get the answer. Yeah. So. Uh, Bob, if you could just really quickly, could you tell everybody that's in the audience where they can find you, how to, uh, where would you like for them to go if they would like to purchase one of your books, if they would like to uh, engage with you, where can they find you? Best place to go is Berg, B-U-R-G.com and explore the site. There's a lot of resources there and, and uh, so forth. All right. So well, Bob. B-U-R-G.com. B-U-R-D, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate you, and I appreciate the time, my friend. Oh, my pleasure, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com.
Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.